0: Oh, hello Hi, sorry about that That's okay, where's your face? Oh, my face is... Oh, am I, uh... I can't, oh, you're paused No oh, wait, I, Am I paused? You're paused You're fully paused at the Oh, moment. I don't even know how
1: to unfully pause myself My iPad, little iPad mini's going on being a bit of a ding-dong Is it? It is it's okay though I don't mind
0: I like that you called it your little mini iPad <laughs>
1: it's because it is both little and mini I'm going to just try a thing I mean it's
0: nice I mean uh, it would be nice to see you but uh, I imagine you haven't changed so much since we last talked
1: I've eaten a lot of cake
0: Have you not that much was that birthday related
1: We've just had a text message. Oh, have we? Yeah, I've not opened it. We'll get to that and look at it together at the same time. Do you know? What I want to say one of the things yeah. I love, s- totally separate to this conversation, is that you often text me in Italian, and I really love that because you—it's—it's <laughs> it's as if you think I have the vaguest clue what you're saying.
0: Well, I think that because your life is defined by curiosity, that you could just uh, bump into Google Translate, and you'd be uh, and Bob would be your uncle. Bob is my wife. I like to try and guess <laughs> and bob's your wife
1: and bob's the wife i like to try and guess based upon the portuguese words i know <laughs> so, and so how did uh,
0: you go this morning then
1: well because you said "se pro s-e-i separate word p-r-o-n-t-o say pronto i was like um, se" is very close to see which is you yep so I'm thinking you probably said you, and pronto is basically ready. So I think you said, are you ready?
0: <laughs> that uh, translation is um, gold. Yes! You get a gold star. You passed your, um, your A-levels with an A-star in Italian oh. translation.
1: <laughs> that makes me very happy. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things, and silly conversations about serious things.
0: I'm Simon Ellis,
1: and I'm Lee Miller.
0: Welcome to Midlifeing.
1: Since coming back from Portugal, I've doubled down on my Portuguese learning. Oh, have you? I've been relying on passively picking things up. I was sitting at a dinner table with um, friends of my parents... And it was outside, so it was all nice and socially distanced, and there was a breeze blowing, so we were all good. Um, and this woman by the name of Aminda was talking about my dad to me.
0: In Portuguese, of course. In
1: Portuguese. C C in português. And she was saying, the thing about your dad is that he pretends he doesn't know how to speak Portuguese, but he understands every word I say. He just doesn't know how to say anything back to me. And I was laughing because I was thinking, huh, it's like being me then, because I understood exactly what she said. Like, all I could say is like, "See, sí,
0: see." Sí. <laughs> yes, so you I did understand. Like, yeah. you did understand what she said. Yeah,
1: it was perfectly clear because she said, "Your dad, seu pai," so that, and then, uh, um, and then the todos portugues. And I'm not doing oh. this right, so if there's a Portuguese uh, listener listening, book, That's not how you say it. But yeah. but basically, oh. I could I got all of the words that your dad knows all the Portuguese. Entendo Or it wouldn't be Entendo It would be Entendo Or maybe she said Percebe She probably said Percebe Perceived. Yeah 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 Because there's lots of, of Like in all languages There's lots of ways you can say understand I think yeah. she said percebe.
0: So But hang on She was uh, modifying her Portuguese Given her understanding of your Portuguese Is that correct?
1: No she was just I mean she probably didn't speak quite as fast
0: Yeah So all but the words was... were all the normal words you mean? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, they were the normal words just a little bit slower probably for me. Possibly because I did keep shouting across the table.
0: Devagar, Devagar. I don't understand, I don't understand. Slowly, don't slowly, understand. Slowly,
1: oh, slowly. Yeah. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. So, uh the you would to be to be posh you would say. Um sensor uh, uh now falo muito português. Pode falar mais devagar, por favor. Is how you would yeah, say. Yeah, I don't it understand nicely.
0: Portuguese. Please speak a little more slowly, or something like that.
1: Exactly, but in real life, you just shout. Slow. <laughs> 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 because by the time you've got that whole sentence out, the conversation has moved on. With that experience ringing in my ears, I thought I need to be able to say more than yes.
0: Double down. Lil and I often talk about how often we must have been incredibly rude in Italian. Without meaning to or without knowing, that, because all yeah. of those, the subtleties of, you know, because, of course, rudeness is so culturally specific. I mean, I can be rude oh, in yeah. English in England without knowing I'm being rude in English in England, you know. And yeah, so yeah. it just there's that it's, it's not even it's it, and it's so interesting because it reveals so much about I think, yeah, there's something about the power of of learning another language yes but also how it helps you understand people speaking english as a second language in the way in which you tolerate or are able to more tolerate the oh the complexities and the nuances of um, even a even a statement like slower i'm aware of conversations with uh, italian friends in which they describe conversations with other english people and how those conversations go and i, I don't i'm not trying to be i, I mean english speaking people but yeah. it's also because you know, and that's we've talked about conversation exchange months and months ago, but it's um, it's curious because you're not speaking to teachers, sometimes you might be, and so the the ability of the person to uh, Respond to what you're saying Either in their own language Or in your language Is really You know it's really variable Like it's very yeah. Very variable I mean I speak to one a person who's from Rome And Romans are notorious uh, Or famous Depending on Your perspective For Like so many big cities They really um, Shorten words So they don't mm-hmm. Very often they leave off The endings of words All the time And they have a very particular yeah. Accent like so many cities And she is I really love Our, com- our conversations together I really struggle to understand her like it's really testing every time we talk and I think she looks at me like why can't you understand what I'm saying
1: (laughs) that regionality is really interesting isn't it when you encounter somebody else's regions and you must have encountered that coming to the UK
0: yes actually it's funny you mentioned that because um, yesterday Lil and I went on a very long walk in fact a much longer walk than we were expected to go was it that was
1: was it Land's End to John O'Groats? Did you get really lost?
0: <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that. No, we were um, we, we took a train to a place called Campbell, Kemble, K-E-M-B-L-E, which is quite west. Like, it's not Wales, but it's quite west. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's as west as Bristol, but a little north of there. And it's where it's very close to the source of the Thames.
1: Holy mother of pearl. You weren't trying to walk home.
0: <laughs> it's only it's only its something like 200 miles to the <laughs> no we we walked to oh, i forget the name of the place but we ended up walking 26 kilometers and we were a little bit shaky at the end that's for I sure I, i'm a little, a little sore but the funny thing was mm. that we were encountering i'm going to get you to do the accent because i can't do it all this west country talking and these these three guys walking out of a pub one carrying a guitar, one a banjo, and one nothing. And we asked them if the bus stop was close by. And um, can you do the accent like can, West I, Country? I can try. They said, uh, "So if you, you know, if you just go straight up the street uh, and you turn left." I've got to get my
1: mouth right. I've got to go. All right, my okay. lover. If you just go straight up the street <laughs> and you turn left, was it like that? Was it a little bit like that? It
0: was like that. And yeah, <laughs> 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 and we, we, we were because we were a little bit delirious from walking too many kilometres. We, we, <laughs> we were. Uh, uns- you- we were <laughs> we were on the verge of getting the giggles, thinking that this was just totally manufactured. Yeah. And we actually stumbled onto a film set, and these, yeah. th- you know, th- especially with the banjo, the banjo. Yeah, yeah. Was the- <laughs> it's just the killer. Yeah.
1: I was just going to ask about your feet. Did you have the right shoes on?
0: I did have the right shoes on, oh, but good. um my feet were a little, uh, as uh, a friend would say, the dogs are barking, or the dogs were barking. Is that a <laughs> statement? Is that a phrase you're. Yeah, w- I would understand it, yes
1: so we we've, we've had a couple of um text messages or emails recently and i would like to say on the record thank you to those of you who have uh reached Got out in touch. and given us some feedback it's been really lovely to just help i think us calibrate our conversations with each other in the sense that we're not planning on changing anything now except we are
0: mm, we thought we we thought we would uh we thought we'd just do something a little bit playful and because you know, sometimes we've had themes and sometimes we haven't. Um, but we had this – in fact, it was talking with a friend of mine who's, who said uh, – because I was talking about the sort of the sense of it being like improvising. Mm. And uh, this person said, well, how do you know – you know, w- what if someone else were to and um, suggest something to discuss? And uh, so we asked my niece, who's 18, just found out her A-level results uh, last week. Is she uh, happy? Yes, she's very happy, and um, she's getting to go to a university that she was wanting to go to, even though I've been trying to discuss uh, clearly the fact that higher education in the UK is just totally, uh... (laughs) anyway, let's not open that particular (laughs) can of worms. nothing to put her off. (laughs) Exactly. Try as I might. No, no, she's um, very happy and uh, very excited. So we asked Ruby, uh, we suggested that she send us a message just as we started the podcast and this message we haven't looked at it yet right
1: i've got my message um machine ready and i can see the first little lines hello simon and lee i hope you are well i
0: hope you're in yes that's as far as i can see too and so ruby we gave us some guidelines which were something you're curious about doesn't have to be, you don't have to worry about what you think might be interesting to us that's more or less right right
1: that's right because we are omnivorous in our interests we are interested in everything and nothing
0: <laughs> Well, we might find out that actually uh, there are severe limitations to our interests. <laughs>
1: let's open it Shall up. We? Oh, let's, let's do it. Let's do this. it. Okay, I'm clicking now. <laughs> Shall I read it so that we have yes, this? Go. Okay. Hello, Simon and Lee. I hope you are well and enjoying podcasting. Oh my God, that's very polite. Thank you. I am well. I am enjoying it. I am about to go to university to study politics and international relations. Wowzers. And so I am interested to know what your <laughs> what your key. <laughs>
0: what your key policy
1: ideas would be brackets as serious or silly as you want it to be i'm glad ruby that you're giving us the permission to be as silly as we might want it to be if you were to stand for election a manifesto of sorts i hope that's okay double exclamation mark ruby double kiss oh thank you ruby Oh mother of pearl I'm switching
0: I know on. should we should have we should have gone to our should we go to our backup plan <laughs> 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 Let's go back to talking about your doubling down on Portuguese <laughs> <laughs> Well first of all I the thing that comes to mind is that what an extraordinary um, thing to be going to university to study politics yeah. and international relations. I know relations in part because it's just so foreign to you know I I studied physical education so they're you know I guess you could say that they're both English words but that's about as close as they yeah. as they get and so and also I think in a t- it's so interesting that someone that her age well it's not surprising perhaps that someone her age given. I mean, her experience growing up in a, you know, in, in what seems to be an unavoidably political time. Yeah, you know that there's it's it's inescapable. Yeah. Uh, even for someone as young as her, in a way that I think it was probably far more escapable. I mean, for me in the seventies,
1: she's been. What what was it like six years ago now
0: that Brexit happened was that
1: two thousand and sixteen correct so and fine. then also so she would have been thirteen
0: yes and also of course COVID uh, yeah killing of George Floyd yeah um and and also was uh, she was so what she would have born in two thousand and three two thousand and two maybe uh, forgive me Ruby if you're listening which I doubt you are. <laughs> And also, I guess, the rise, you might say, of polarised politics. I mean, her her question is a a curious one in the sense of I'm assuming she's asking that you and I, maybe we should consider this uh, run for parliament um, in the UK. And I have a question. I have a question. um, And my question for you would be, I I guess it's simple in the sense of what do you see as the biggest problem that somehow policy might be able to address?
1: Oh, that's like being asked what's the nature of evil. It's, you know, it's it's such an overwhelmingly big question that mm-hmm. whatever I say is going to it's going to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. I think it would be foolish to pretend that the global climate emergency was not the most significant thing that has to be addressed because we're effectively sort of setting fire to the box upon which we stand and then being surprised when our shoes melt. Yes, we really are. Then at the same time, I'm really aware that there are people within this country for whom that is just simply not something that they're worried about because they don't know how they're going to feed their kids for the next meal. I mean, it's. This is not me saying. This is not me then saying that people who uh, who are experiencing food poverty don't give a shit about climate change. What I'm saying is that the complexity of the um, of the even just the national conversation is such that I wouldn't know how to answer your question of what is the most pressing thing.
0: Because they're so – because you're talking about a kind of, you know, that old idea or – and I forget who, you know, it's, I think it's an economist's idea that right, of, of the wicked – of wicked problems or a wicked problem because there are so many things um, interrelated here that if you can – if you start picking at one, then it, you're not really getting at the entirety of it. Because in a way, like to me, you can't be talking about climate change unless you're talking very specifically about inequality. Yeah. Not least of all because – it's not going to be the rich countries so much that are um, going to be profoundly impacted, at least first, mm-hmm. by, um, by a rising climate. Yeah, the, I mean, the short answer for me is how do you address those two problems at the same time? Mm. And then I guess the... Cul- and then that tied into that is a, a culture of consumption. Mm. I mean, I had a, a slightly disturbing experience this week. I was, off, I was invited to, I guess, attend a i don't know a kind of a conversation in the us next year
1: you were physically invited as in you were invited to be physically present or be part of oh wow okay i didn't know we did that anymore
0: (laughs) i replied uh that uh, you know just how much i was wanting to be involved and um that i felt that it was it's not really possible for me to to fly there um but i'd very much like to be um that you know that one thing we've learned from COVID is that it's possible to have uh quite nuanced and uh, important conversations remotely. Mm. And this person's response was to uh, say, no, we're not going to be doing that. Not, not at all. Um, I disagree. Uh, we need people together. And, uh, and I wrote back I said, oh, the planet wins on this one for me. And, you know, th- their response was really to say, you know, one of the things I like about our conversations is, is when we disagree. And um, it really, I was really quite, uh, I mean, I'm not sure what I was expecting. I mean, certainly I was expecting that there would be a way to be, to integrate people remotely mm. because there's, you know, there are always going to be many reasons why people can't be at a place physically, not least one might be, you might call it ideological on my part yeah, because it's pissing in the wind. Well, that's for sure. Um, oh,
1: but we've, we've had this conversation, before, uh, we sure we've have. had this conversation where yes, it's pissing in the wind, but if somebody doesn't do it. You know, if you're not prepared to get a little bit wet, and the next person isn't, and the next person isn't, it, we just keep marching towards.
0: And getting wet is is the uh, it's the operative term, really, right, in this case. Well, yeah. Well, what's at what point? You know, do do we academics? Let's just say academics. At what point do we go? Our behaviour has to change. At what point? Like what? I mean, as my Australian cousins might say, strike me pink. Like at what point? <laughs> Well I
1: think it's at the point at which we can we separate ourselves from uh, I think academics have become so um, institutionalised and they become Divorced from reality and they become so part of of the structures in which they work and those structures some of which are kind of When I say institutional, I mean literally the the places in which they work. But there's also the systems in which they work. So When
0: you say they, you mean we, right?
1: Yeah, I think I I should have said we. (laughs) To kind of then go back to we as academics need to change our behaviours, I think there is something about dance academics and performance academics um, have... And we've both worked in this field for over 20 years. And we know that there is a kind of... um, um a fetishization of body-to-body interaction we know that studio teaching is the best kind of teaching we know that the communication that happens between bodies without language is usually somehow richer deeper more important more more and this is all about this is all about how our subject areas have kind of had to fight for their territory within an academic context. So I understand where it comes
0: from. Yeah, in the margins.
1: Yeah, you already said we're on the fringe of the fringe of the fringe and we're about to fall off. And I don't think, even though I'm in theatre, the kind of theatre that I do is pretty much next to the kind of dance that you do. We're we're cleaning on... It's not Shakespeare. Nah, we're clinging on with our fingertips. it's, it's It's at risk,
0: basically. For sure.
1: And so I think that those kind of institutional things that are really deeply felt and that have informed who and how we are are, are are very, very difficult to let go of. And I wonder if what your colleague is sort of doing is, is listen, if we don't come back together, all that stuff we said about embodied knowledge, all that stuff we said about the the exchange between bodies disappears and, and it, it kind of invalidates so much of the that's a question for you, rather than a statement of fact. I'm
0: curious. Yeah, it's uh, it undermines. Uh, I mean, it's not just uh, it's not just dance and performance. People have been saying, you know, it's uh, certainly lots of cognitive psychologists are saying precisely the same thing. I was just reading a book recently called The Extended Mind, and I forget the name of the author. It'll be in the show notes. But and she was writing, you know, it's very clear the evidence about the the kind of nuances and, and the and the you might say the fact that we as social animals, uh, that the cues in which we pick up are so dependent on all of these things which are far more than talking heads. Mm. Far, far more than talking heads. And I don't think there's any... I don't think anyone's going to say, that's a load of shit. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just words. Um, But at the same time, I guess my question was more at what point do we change our behavior? You know, it's... it's. I'm not saying why aren't they changing their behavior. I'm just saying... Like, it's, you know, it's always those, it's those curious thing about, it's a little bit like, I've never been in the situation and I I just, it it must be so terrifying if you're the owner of a house in, let's say, in Australia and the, the fire is coming. And at what point do you leave your house? And, you know, and there are terrible stories of people just leaving it too late. Yeah terrible 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 stories it happens every time and i get that i get it but but it's such an interesting thing to go you know in a way we're talking about recognizing danger and how in a way you know well anyway i don't know maybe this is getting
1: but no i don't think it's getting away from it's it's not getting away from ruby's question because ruby's question is what would our manifesto be and i think what we're what what we are starting to understand between us is it's really easy for us to sit in a podcast Having a conversation about the inadequacies and the ineffectual nature of our politicians. I know that I know that we've both, and, and I particularly have been very, very critical of, of the current UK government. I've never yep. really taken a moment to go. And of course, the job is an impossible one. Yep. You know, it's an impossible job to do. How? How would you begin to oh, – and th- and then I suppose hmm, – this is where I start to become a little bit more um, kind and and, I guess, curious again to this monolith of government that I've tended to not be kind or curious about, but to go, perhaps then it makes more sense when I realise how difficult this is, that mm. they prioritise their friends – why they make decisions that appear to be or may indeed be self serving because actually to fix the things that they have to do may feel overwhelming, they may feel impossible. And so, so they become just, shortcuts, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that that lets anybody off the hook because let's just think about what Marcus Rashford can do and what he has done for, you know, mm-hmm. for 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 children who are not being fed properly. You know, he, he mm. shamed people who shouldn't need to be shamed into addressing food poverty. Yeah, anyway, I, I just, I'll
0: stop. I guess there's something also which is about idealism. There's something in Ruby's question which I, there's something beautiful about it as well, which is it's, it's a question of someone, you know, on the precipice of sort of, of just leaving school, Entering the world, and so implicit in that idealism. Or there's something about that idealism which I um, am so drawn to.
1: That was eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> they do yeah. that thing, where they do that kind of thing.
0: Yes, it was one of the signs we saw on on our walk yesterday. It was um, and it was like the name of the place. This is in the Cotswolds, so it's it, varying degrees of fancy like some woof, uber fancy and then others were just there was clear uh stratifications mm. going on yeah. in different ways and uh there was a sign which said whatever the name of the place was lil would remember it like the not the byline what's the thing like the sub uh the little in new zealand wellington it was um Uh, Absolutely, positively Wellington, which I never understood. like
1: the motto kind of thing.
0: Like, exactly. The branding. Yeah. Um, And this one was, where something is happening.
1: (laughs) 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 That's the definition (laughs) of a low bar, isn't it?
0: It's a very low bar, cause, uh, <laughs> but what I really liked about it was that it kept us entertained for about five kilometres of a 26-kilometre walk. <laughs> we spent so long trying to figure out, well, where something happens, no, where something happened once, or nowhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what did you say Wellington's was?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, positively Wellington. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just in case you were uncertain this is definitely wellington
0: <laughs> i do this is a long time ago i think maybe uh, the, wellington maybe the 80s, we're maybe.
1: really sure that this is us plymouth which is our, our biggest nearest city that has a brand it relatively recently maybe oh. maybe five or six years ago branded itself as britain's ocean city which is true because it's on the atlantic
0: and also it has a pretty you know long history with uh <laughs> Uh, not least of all its relationship to america no, really
1: absolutely but it used to be the branding was as as you drove in as you drove into the city it was plymouth the spirit of discovery but what i always loved is that every time they repainted the sign somebody would come along and paint it out so it always said plymouth the spirit of disco <laughs> 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 And I yeah. just missed that because you know there's nothing fun that you can do with Britain's ocean city. Statement of fact, it is true. Whereas the spirit of yeah. disco just feels like such a lovely thing to embrace.
0: It does, it really does. Uh dunedin in New Zealand, the south of New Zealand. It's this is in the you know the the '80s, I guess it was. Its brand was "It's all right here." <laughs> very, very similar to <laughs> something something Where something happening. is happening." <laughs> but the best thing was in 1989 there were some some riots uh, started by um, drunk students. Dunedin's a very big student town, right. and um, these these East they were called the Easter riots because it happened over the Easter Easter holiday weekend. Wow! And, and it happened at a pub, and yeah, it got pretty pretty bad, but within day extraordinary turnaround given this was way before meme uh, meme and um, internet days uh the, the the t-shirt was it's all right here <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, nice it's all right here it's God. all right here
0: yeah <sighs> um hey really nice are we finishing i think it fit,
1: that felt like the kind of that felt like i believe i'm going to start calling it the button that felt like the button of the show
0: The button, I like that.